I want to start in Ephesians 5. We're going to read out the King James Version. We're going to read 21 down through 33. So it'll be on the screen if you don't have your Bible with you. But it says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be subject unto their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that he should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it, cherishes it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and, and the wife see that she reverences. Oh, I can't wait till we get to that. Her husband. Amen. They saved it for last. Glory to God. Uh, how many of you have never heard my wife and I teach together? There's a handful of you. Um, so Pastor Ron and I love to do this. We, have, we do this mostly with marriage, but we used to do it um, on TV together. We used to sit at a table and discuss the word together. It was always fun. And uh, so we don't do it as much as we used to do. Mostly you see it in, a, in Bible Institute or a, a marriage thing. But it's Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 through 33. You can't skip it. You can't skip it uh, because we're studying the book of Ephesians. So here it is. And so we're going to do this together. But um, I want to have her start out, and then we're going to go from there. So I'll leave, I'll leave that. that. All right. Uh, he asked, well, I asked if I could do something first before we even get into Ephesians in depth. Because I think sometimes women start in a deficit. Um, you know, statistics show that a, a woman's self-esteem plummets about puberty, a little girl's self-esteem. About the time of puberty, it seems to plummet. And I think it's only because women don't understand who and what God created them to be. And so the, tonight, before we even talk about marriage, I think it's important for us to see what God had in mind when he created men and women and put them in relationship one with another. What was in his head? What was he thinking? How did he design this to begin with? Because if he designed it this way, that ought to be our goal. Amen? Amen. So let's start out by going to Genesis chapter 2. How many of you know you got to go to the beginning to figure out what was at the beginning? Uh, before Satan got in there and messed it up. This is before Satan got in there and messed it up. So let's see what God intended. Genesis 2.18. King James, unless I tell you otherwise. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Now listen, let's stop right there. You, just, are you guys got your seatbelts fastened? Because I have studied this, seriously studied this, for a book I'm writing. And I'm liable to blow your mind tonight. Are you ready? 
It is not good that the man, that word man in the original Hebrew was Adam, Adam. The Lord God said it is not good that Adam should be alone. Adam, really, is how you pronounce it. But um, the thing that I want you to know is that that is not so much his name as a species designation. In Hebrew, A-D-A-M means human being or mankind. He was the only one there, so he didn't have to have a name. They just called him Hey Human. <laughs> Serious as I can be, that's what Adam means. That's what Adam means. So God said, it is not good that man, humans, should be alone. I will make and help meet. That's all that's in the original. Him and him isn't in the original. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah. Why? Because Eve was still within Adam. Okay. I will. There was no him at this point. There was them. Because Adam and Eve were together in one body at this point. Are, are y'all with me? Study it. I had to tell them in, in Chile when I taught all this to so a whole bunch, a whole room full of ministers. I'm like, don't look at me in that tone of voice. If you don't believe me, you study it. Because I'm telling you what is. Amen. The Lord God said it is not good that the human should be alone. I will make and help meet. That's the very first not good in the Bible. When God created everything, he spoke and it became. Somebody said, Pastor Rhonda, do you believe in the Big Bang Theory? I believe in it this way. God spoke and bang, it was. When he created everything else, he spoke. And he said, it is good after he did. But when it came to man, he couldn't wait to get his uh, humans. He couldn't wait to get his hands on us. So the Bible says he formed Adam of the dust of the ground and breathed into him the breath of life. And Adam became a living soul. But it was Adam and Eve still together in one body. Now listen, if you take that all androgynous and weird, that's in your brain. Okay? Doesn't mean he was effeminate. Doesn't mean he, you know, was, he was, he was just a human. Okay? All right, y'all with me? All right. But this is the very first not good in the Bible. So because it wasn't good for a human being to be alone, God said, I will make and help meet. I will make and help meet. I want us to look first at that word help. All right? I think this word help or helper in some translations has greatly influenced the opinions of men on the role of women and has influenced many women in how they see themselves and what they were meant to be. What was I created to be as a woman? But let's take a closer look at that word help. In our modern vocabulary, we think of a helper as someone who is an assistant. Maybe somebody who would hand tools to somebody else while they worked on the job. 
But that mental picture is not true to what the scripture is saying. We have to get rid of our 21st century thinking and go back to what the Bible actually says. That word translated helper, helper there is the Hebrew word ezer. And E-Z-E-R. And when I was trying to figure out what Ezer meant, I looked up every place else in the Old Testament that that word was used. It turns out it's used 21 times in the Old Testament. Two times here in chapter 2, it refers to Eve as Adam's help. Three times it refers, listen to this, three times it refers to powerful nations that Israel called on for help when they were under siege. Like, come help us, come rescue us. The other 16 times that word refers to God himself as our helper. The same word that he used for Eve. Now listen, he himself comes to help or rescue us when we are unable to help ourselves. God as our easer. All right, I can see it. Let's break that down. Twice it refers to Eve in this chapter. Three times when Israel was under siege and needing rescue, how many of you know they wouldn't call on an inferior people to rescue them? If they couldn't rescue themselves and they were going down, you wouldn't call somebody weaker than you to come and help. Why would you go to someone weaker or less powerful than you to rescue you from somebody more powerful than even you? So the thought that the help was inferior or less than is just not true to the meaning of this word. Furthermore, since the majority of the time when this word was used, 16 out of 21 times in the Old Testament, it refers to God himself as our helper, as our easer. There is no way we could say that the one who helps is inferior to the one being helped. Come on now, you need a minute? <laughs> I know, I know. You should have seen me when I was studying all this. I, I'd run in there, I'd stay for a while, and I'd run in there, I was like, did you know? <laughs> because when I approached the word, I didn't just approach the word, I said, Holy Spirit, you who inspired this word, Open it up to me the way my father intended for it to be. Help me. Unfold the word to me so that we are dividing it correctly as we ought to divide. God is certainly not in any way inferior or subordinate to his creation. We would never dream of saying or even thinking that he is, but it's the exact same word. Ezer. So woman was brought to man as a separate being, not because he needed a subordinate assistant, but because he needed a counterpart, another one like himself, with whom he could fellowship, 
and work and mate. This idea is further brought out by the word after Ezer in the Hebrew, that word translated in the King James, meat. I will make and help meet. That word meat is the Hebrew word konegdo. Negdo, it's really, neg, I don't know how to pronounce it. Negdo, I think. It's a primitive root. Well, first of all, in the, uh, in the interlinear and in the Strong's Concordance, it says it's taken from Old Testament 5046. All right? Are y'all with me? Okay. So I went back to 5046 because it's the root word that our word meat was taken from. Are y'all with me? Everybody okay? It means properly to front, i.e. to stand boldly out opposite. Hmm. Hang on. So that word connecto, that word meat, is from... 5046, it means a front, i.e. a part opposite. Specific, I'm reading from Strong's Exhaustive Concordance of the Bible. Specifically, a counterpart or mate. All right, you, you, you there? All right. So, come, come here, hon. So, if we were Adam and Eve, I'd be inside him. But God was calling me out as an help meet to, to front him, to stand opposite him. All right? Oh, you didn't tell me what I was doing. Where's your thing? Not yet. Oh, okay. This is how he created us, to stand face to face. It's no accident that human beings are one of the only species of animals on the earth to mate face to face. If you want, you can join me, whatever you want to do, sir. That's no accident. There's one species of chimps. That mate face to face. The other species of animals do not. Genesis 2.18. In the Young's literal translation, Y-L-T. I think we have it up there. If not, it's written out in my notes. Just a second. Yep. And Jehovah God said, not good for the man... Adam, Adam, to be alone, I do make to him an helper as his counterpart. But listen, listen to me. They were not referred to as he and she, him and her, until after God divided them. Every time before he took the rib and fashioned a woman, when he talked about Adam, he was talking about them. Because they were together in one. She was still in him. Well, Pastor Ron, a man was created first, therefore he's the boss. He was not created first. Oh, don't throw nothing. They were created together in one. 
in the rest of creation, when he spoke, a male and a female of that species appeared. But not man. He made one human being. And then when he saw that it wasn't good for them to be alone, then he divided them. But just for the sake of argument, if you want to go with that, Adam was created first. Oh, man, I could. And therefore, creation order equals dominance or boss. Then how many of you know the animals were created before the man was? Therefore, every frog should be the head of every man. We would never say that was so or believe that so. So we can't go with the strictly it's creation order. Because you, you paint yourself right into a corner that you can't get out of with that argument. It's like Twix. The, the battle right now. Is it left Twix or right Twix? Which is better? Well, how many of you know that's a silly advertising campaign? Because they were made at the same time of the exact same material, the exact same cookie dough went through, divided into two, the exact same caramel vat, put caramel on both sides, left and right, and they were both bathed in the same chocolate coming down. They're the same, just two parts of the same. Now, if I open up a pack of Twix and I take them out, how many of you know it'd be stupid to say this one's better because they're the same? They're just now separated because I took them out of the package. Now, now y'all hang on, guys. Something. Let me, let me go. Let me just, let me go. Uh, I'm going to come up the other side of the mountain in just a minute. You know I don't teach one side. And really, depending on which way I hold the package determines which Twix is left and which is right. And Jehovah God said, not good for the man or the human to be alone. I do make an helper as his counterpart or as counterpart. I looked up that word counterpart in Miriam Webster's dictionary app on my phone. And it means this. One of two corresponding copies of a legal instrument or a duplicate. Definition number two, a thing that fits another thing perfectly. Number three, something that completes a compliment. And not a compliment like in, you fine, baby. You know, not that kind of compliment. That kind of compliment has an I in it. I'm talking about the kind of compliment that has an E in it. A compliment. A compliment is something that fills up, 
completes or makes better or perfect or one of two mutually completing parts. God made us to be mutually completing parts. Y'all need a minute or can we go on? Definition 3A, one that's remarkably similar to another. Definition 3B, one having the same function or characteristics as another. Now listen, I'm not saying there's not obvious differences between men and women. How many of you know he fashioned our bodies differently? But not less than. Why were we created? Genesis 1.26. King James, do King James. Just a few less words. No, it's not either. <laughs> and God said, let us make, that word is Adam, has nothing to do with being male. This is the first time humans are mentioned in the Bible. Genesis 1.26. So when I got there and it said, let us make man, I said, Lord, is that a he, a him, man, or what is that? Is it only the men who are created in your image and in your likeness? That's when I got to the word, it's a dom, human. Let us make human beings or mankind in our image after our likeness and let them, plural, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. He gave them authority and dominion in the earth, not just him. But from the very first time humans are mentioned, the King James Version putting man there puts women in a deficit in their own minds. We could look at some more modern translations that say man or mankind or human beings. Verse 27. So God created Adam, human beings, mankind, in his own image. In the image of God created he him. That word him is really not there. In the image of God created he. Male and female created he. Talking about the human being though, not just Adam. Are, are you with me? Verse 28. And God blessed them, both, both sides of Adam. God blessed them, it's plural. And God said unto them, both sides of Adam, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Together, men and women were given authority and dominion on the earth. They were to stand face to face. She is called out from him to complete him, to be a duplicate copy of him so they could have fellowship, so they could 
mate so they could uh, uh, have companionship one with another. The Torah study for reformed Jews described men and women as facing each other with arms raised, holding an arch between them, giving a beautiful picture of them as counterparts, both created in the image and likeness of God and both having been given authority over the earth, both of them. Can I have my table? You can just set it right down here, but leave a little bit of room between my podium. Eva's pulled out to stand, to front, to face, and to exercise dominion together over the earth, over the devil. Are you with me? Can you see over here? All right, let's go the other way. Together we rule and reign. Together we rule and reign. It's the way we were created. That's what God intended for it to be. Two sides of the same. Ruling and reigning together, hand in hand. Women were not created to be an inferior assistant to the man. I'm sorry, but it's true. But to stand face to face together, one in substance, one in form, one in function, standing face to face, hand in hand, ruling and reigning together in this life. Ladies, you're supposed to be using your strength to help him succeed. Don't fight against him, fight for him. Use your strength on his behalf. You come at my husband... I am telling you, you will regret it. My husband told me one time, I'm glad you are fighting on my side. (laughs) But if we only see ourselves, ladies, as weak, just little helpers, hand and tools to the men, you'll never take your place. You'll never fight for him. You'll never be the help to him that God intended you to be. Do you understand? Now, let's go to Ephesians. With the background. With that, with that background, we're going to look at the rest of it now. All right. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 says, Submitting yourselves one to another. And listen, y'all, um, Uh, She is writing a book, and I keep pushing, and it's going to be out, but it'll answer so many questions, not only just for women ministers, it'll answer questions for the body of Christ. And it's necessary right now. Listen to me. There's a whole lot of things going on in the world right now, and they're trying to lump so many things together, um, things that are wrong with 
so there, there, there's the things that are wrong uh, out there that are saying, well, that's not sin anymore. And so the, some of the church is getting to a place, though, but they're, they're going anti-scripture yeah. to put it all together, and it's really wrong. So she is going to get it out, and it is good. And I'll tell you this. I'll just put a plug in for her. She gave it to Rick Renner, and it got the Rick Renner seal of approval. And so uh, that's pretty good. I, I waxed really brave last time he was here. I said, Rick, I don't know Greek. And I don't even know Hebrew. And some things I'm taking back to the original language. Can you look over my manuscript? And if I'm wrong in any way, if there's anything in there that's not scriptural, if there's anything in there that I've misinterpreted, anything in there that I, I, I have in any way twisted or made it say something it didn't, I am asking you to please tell me because it's going to be critiqued by people out there because there's a whole bunch of folks who ain't going to like my book. You understand what I'm saying? And they're going to tear it apart. And I said, I'd rather you tear it apart first. He brought it back to me and he said, Rhonda, this is really good. He said, I don't see anything in not, there. Not name dropping with him. We're just saying he's the, the Greek, scholar. The, yeah, the he's scholar. the smartest man in the room all the time. I don't know how that is. Anyway, uh, but he is. And so I wanted to let you know that. So, so it's coming. Um, but... When we teach on this, I think that I love that first scripture then, because a lot of times when people teach on marriage, they don't start here. And the Holy Ghost starts here, submitting yourselves one to another because one is not superior and one is not inferior. So that's why it starts submit yourselves one to another. And so that's the first part of that. And so with what she said, uh, ready to go? Yeah, let's look at it in the Amplified Classic. Okay. From here on, do Amplified Classic unless we tell you different. Different. Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Ready? Yeah, go. 22. Me read or you? Go ahead. Wives, be subject, be submissive, and adapt yourselves to your own husbands as a service to the Lord. Do you want me to talk about it? Or what, what are we, we're so, we have obviously did not discuss who's doing what here. All right. Um, well, first of all, let me tell you what submission is. Go, baby, go. Submission is, first of all, not agreement. Submission is all throughout the Word of God. Uh, we have a class in our Bible Institute. Submission is misunderstood on both sides of the aisle. Submission is not agreement. In other words, you're never submitted to someone if you agree with them. Submission never takes place until there's a disagreement. And so that means that the Bible says submit yourselves one to another. So it doesn't mean all the, it, it, listen to me, um, if you have a household, a husband and wife, where he makes all the decisions and the woman's just supposed to be quiet, shut up and do, that is not scriptural, it is not right, it is not healthy, and it's not what God intended. So you can look at this, you know, a lot of times people say to me, Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark, I'm submitted to you, I'm submitted to you. And then we come up with something and they don't like it. They're like, oh, the Lord has released me and I'm free and I'm leaving. <laughs> they were never in submission. They were always in agreement. And then when we disagreed, they parted ways. And really, you know, um, it, it, when it comes to a lot of this, you, you, uh, when it comes to submission, you're really not going to have to practice this a lot, but you do have to practice this with God. Amen. I mean, you can't even get the devil to flee until you submit to God. Yeah. This is a big subject that's often misunderstood. I remember one time a lady told me, you will not put that in my marriage ceremony. It's archaic. 
Yeah, I wonder how they're doing. Um, anyway, um, because it's not archaic, it's Word. It's Word, right? And so we have to do that. Go ahead. Wow. Uh, so it's not submission until you disagree. But let me tell you that Proverbs 31 outlines what a woman is supposed to be. That is a smart cookie. That is not some dumb, mindless, beat down person. She's an entrepreneur. She's a smart cookie. But the Bible also says the law of kindness is on her tongue. Where was I going though? Something else in there I was going to get to. But um, it's not until we disagree that we have a chance to submit. Anything with two heads is a freak. Because God wanted and needed order. He said, wives, be subject, be submissive, and adapt yourselves to your own husbands, not women submit to men. Yes. Yeah. Talk about it. Talk about it, he says. I mean, so that's just messed up in a whole big way. Um, so that, that's where the superiority, inferiority starts at. And then people misread things and misheard things and have been taught wrong. And so the men then become uh, thinking that all women are, and it still happens in a lot of countries today, women are secondary, second class. God never, that's what religion will do, will, will corrupt the word of God and make it say something that it does not. Now, I can hear some rails going in here. You all, oh, no, you, you, you all are going to get off. We're not going to get off. Stick with the word. Amen. Stick with the word because there are very clear uh, guidelines for the, the man and the woman in this relationship. The two, though, are one. Amen. We tell them all the time in premarital counseling, the two of you, the one you become is not you, him, or you, her. It's something new. You're with, supposed to become one. With each of you bringing your strengths and weaknesses into that union. And so, um, so it's, ne- it's not men are dominant and wi- all women submit. I mean, if you're a woman and some man tells you to submit, you, 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 you go. <laughs> Walk in love and turn around nicely and leave. Because there is nothing about a woman submitting to a man, unless that's someone over you, your boss, someone that, and all of it is this, and let me get it this way. It says wives, I like one scripture you found one time, it says wives, as a favor to the Lord. As is a it, service to the Lord. Oh, as a service to the Lord. So this is something. So listen, if I'm a man um, and I'm telling my wife, you need to submit to me, I am out of order. That is not scriptural and it's not what it says. So it is not my job as the husband to tell her to submit. If it, because God submit. doesn't even make you submit. Because if he did, you'd all be tithers. And this church would be full on a Wednesday night. I'm just as serious as I can be. God never makes anyone submit to him. He doesn't use things to put people under foot or under his hand. He's always inviting us to submit for our own benefit. Amen. 
right? So he's not telling a, a woman, you ha- have to say, and man, you make sure your woman submits to you. You make sure your wife submits to you. That is not anywhere found. So, but guys, so that's not our part. Well, pastor, my wife won't submit to you. Well, she never, she may never will live with it. Well, my wife, what? Make her submit. God can't make her submit. I can't make her submit. And you sure can't make her submit. And so that's her choice. That's her choice. And it's between us and God. And it's between her and God. You, man of God, you husband, you, you have nothing to do with that. I don't like this, Pastor Mark. I don't care whether you like it or not. It's what the Word says. She has to submit just like I have to submit to God. Just like I have to submit to those who are over me in the Lord. It's my choice. If I don't do it, it's my trouble. But I'm invited to submit to God. I'm invited to submit to those over me. And then, um, then the Lord is saying to the wife here, I'm invi- I, I, f- as a favor, as a service to me, would you do this? I remember where I was going. Proverbs 31, 26, guys. Put it in the King James, I guess. Or we'll see. Proverbs 31, 26, where it talks about, you know, she can bring home the bacon, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, fry it up in a pan. I never let you forget you're a man. Because I'm a woman. W-O-M-A-N. All right. I digress. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, I really did, he says. Move on. Okay. <laughs> All right. She opens her. They laughed. They, yeah, good. Some of the men were frowning. Now they're, now they're laughing. She opens her mouth. This is a godly woman. Heard it that way before. She opens her mouth in skillful and godly wisdom. And on her tongue is the law of kindness, giving counsel and instruction. Women, because the Lord asks us to submit so that there's order in a home, it doesn't mean that we are opinionless. We see things differently than men see them. They need the benefit of our counsel. And if you think, guys, that you don't need your wife's counsel, you're a foolish, foolish man. Because we're made differently. God, you know, we're different sides of the same, but we're different sides. Um, I see things differently than he sees them. And he sees things differently than I see them. And so you open your mouth in skillful and godly wisdom with the law of kindness on your tongue. And you give counsel and instruction. There is not a doubt in my husband's mind what I think about just about any subject you want to name. Not a doubt on his mind. Not a doubt. (laughs) Not a doubt. I give him the benefit of my counsel. And I think he would agree that it's paid off for us over the years. Save my stuff. Hallelujah. But listen, she gives gives skillful, godly wisdom. But the opposite of that is make sure it's skillful and godly wisdom and it's not nagging. Because a man, the Bible also says, would rather live on the corner of a roof. So you got to make sure that your words are the law of kindness. And I, and I remember 27 years ago, she said to me, the, this scripture during our ceremony, the law of kindness will always be written on my tongue. And I will tell you that she has kept it even when she is irritated or upset with me, even if I've done something stupid. Um, she, we don't name call one another. We don't belittle one another. 
Even if we're mad at one another. You all get mad at one another? Well, not so much. We've worked at it. You know, but the first few years, there was some stuff. Absolutely. I mean, it's mostly her Still fault. Is. But, um... <laughs> not really. Speaking not, of digressing. Not really, not really. But... But you learn, but listen to me, as a, as a husband, I will be real honest, not only in our marriage, but in this church, God gives her things and she sees things that I don't see. And she has protected, not just me, but protected this church because I allow her anything and everything, even listen to me, even if it irritates me and I've already made up my mind. But anytime she says something, listen what else she doesn't do. And I know we're teaching it, so you're going to get our examples. You're going to get our life. That's the way we teach and that's the way we preach. So, um, you know, even uh, when I have made up my mind and she has something to say, but I'll tell you this, she doesn't, she doesn't fuss at me for everything. Like if I leave my um, drawers, <laughs> they don't make it in the hamper, she doesn't fuss at me. I pick my fights. There, she, she, when she speaks to me, it's weighty. It's not insignificant little nonsense. When I give him the benefit of my counsel and I disagree with him, it's because one of three things is happening. I see that something he's about to do is going to hurt his walk with the Lord. That's number one. Something he's about to do is going to hurt our ministry. That's number two. Something he's about to do is going to hurt our marriage or family. That's number three. If it doesn't fall in that category, I don't bring it to him. I don't care how he dresses. I'll pick up his drawers. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, you no, asked yeah, me tonight no, yeah. if I like the outfit, and I said no. But you asked. Yeah. Uh, not this she outfit, did. the one we started with. Yeah, she did. He I asked. did ask. He asked. But I will say on the other side, too, but it goes both ways. It goes both ways. Um, if I don't really, I don't know that I've always had it in that order, but we're free to talk to one another. Um, we, you have to be if you're going to make it in marriage. And, but submit yourself one to another. Wives, as a favor to the Lord, submit yourself. Come under. Give that godly counsel. Go and ahead. And pick your fight, ladies. Pick your fight. The benefit of what I just told you, if it, I don't bring anything to him, that I disagree with unless it falls in one of those three categories. And you know what it does? When I speak, he listens. I really do. If you're nagging, constantly harping, I don't like the way you dress. You're, you know, you, I don't like the way you wear your hair. I don't like the way you do this or you do that. Or, you, you know, I mean, I do occasionally fuss over the loading of the dishwasher, which I could explain why. <laughs> uh, but we've gotten to the point where I just unload it and reload it again behind his back. At least he made an effort, okay? At least he made an effort. Um, Very little. <laughs> little effort, I heard that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but ladies, if you fight and fuss and fume over everything, he's tuning you out. He's not even going to listen to you anymore. And then when you bring something important to him, he's long quit listening. I, 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 I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, um, ladies, because God asked, go back to, uh, 22, Ephesians 5, 22, Amplified Classic, because the Lord asks us to submit ourselves as a favor to him, 
He's put something on the inside of us that balances the scales. You heard that saying, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. He's put the ability for us to influence men on the inside of us. How do you think, you know, Cleopatra and, you know, all them brought down kingdoms, women, women and bring down kingdoms, goes, when a man loves a woman, he'll climb the highest mountain. He'll swim the deepest sea. He gave us the ability to influence, but use it wisely. Seriously, use it wisely. One day we were going to the hospital and somebody asked us to come and pray with them before surgery. And so something happened that we got delayed at the church. So we were running a little bit late. And so we're on 565 and I'm like, honey, we have got to hurry. We're not going to be able to pray with her before they put her out. And she specifically asked us to come pray. And he's like, I know, I know. So we're on 65 and he's like, uh, we were going, where's the officer? Fast. Uh, fast. Um, and he said, I'm going to get off on governors. Off the interstate. Instead of going all the way to the parkway. And I said, oh, honey, no. Because it, you've got stoplights. You've got traffic. You've got all kinds of stuff. It's so much slower. I said, honey, we're going to be late. And he's, he thought a minute. He said, I'm getting off on governors. I'm like, honey, no. He said, I'm getting off on governors. I said, okay. He changed lanes to get off on governors. And a painting truck dropped its load at 70, 80 some miles an hour, right where our car was not 30 seconds before. Big, giant, five-gallon things of paint. We would have had a massive accident. I don't know that we would be here today. What is my point? He was being led and I didn't know it. Careful how you use that influence. If I would have just kept after it and kept after it, just to shut me up, he might have gone straight and we'd be dead. Careful how you use your influence, ladies. You get somebody hurt or killed. But in the opposite of that, I don't always say the Lord said. No. Because you have to be careful with that. Because this is the other side of submission with, the, with guys. Um, we're probably going to need a month. I know. Uh, um, so, um, we're not but, even off the first scripture. But the deal is this. Um, if your wife always disagrees with you, you've you, you got some issues. Because there, always, there shouldn't be always disagreement. In other words, she shouldn't have to submit a whole lot. There are things you're going to disagree on, and there's going to, you know, the Bible says the man is the head. So that, that's the truth. But it's not because she's inferior. It's because of the way he designed it. They're co-equal. They submit to one another. They, the, and wives then, in order for the head, for the home to run like, because we're going to look at it, in order for it to run like the church, because a marriage, the reason the devil attacks marriage is because 
Um, it's supposed to be messed up so the world can't figure out how the church should look. It's a picture of Christ in the church. And the more marriage is mixed up, think about the modern day we live in. The more marriage is a mess, the more the church, the heathen, the, those that are not believers can't see it. It's, it's on purpose. It's a, the devil hates marriage because he hates covenant and because he doesn't want there to be the picture. So it's important for you to understand, though, that as a husband, yes, the wives are asked of the Lord to, as a favor, submit to you. But it's your job as a husband. You can't, you know, Pastor Mark, I've had men ask me, Lord, Pastor Mark, t- teach me how to make my wife submit. Well, that's just the wrong question. It's the wrong thought. It's the wrong. It's the wrong. It's the wrong. And if you've been taught that in religion or somewhere else, you need to quickly discard that. Because it's not what Scripture teaches. It's what religion has taught. And it's not what Scripture teaches. Yes, God put the man in charge and the wife to submit as a favor to the Lord. But you're supposed to, as the man, uh, receive her as an equal receiving from her. Somebody, you know, when it comes to the church, you know, it's just easy to do. I'm the senior pastor. We pastor together. But I still make all the final decisions. Because somebody has to be in charge. And God put me in charge. And that's the way. So uh, I have a great staff with great leaders. Unless I have given them the ability to make a decision on their own without my input, I still have to make the decision. Your boss, where you work, the president of your company, the manager of the store you work at, they have been delegated by someone in authority to make the final decision. God, in his wisdom, delegated the husband to do this, but there should be all kinds of good input. And I'm just saying, let me read this again right here where I wrote, you wrote this down. I think I covered it well. Do you understand? Everybody understand? So, 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 um, so as a husband, if, if we're, if, if she's always having to submit, listen to me, there'll come a day where she can't. There'll come a day where she can't. If I'm always just sucking it up and coming under. There'll There'll come a day when she can't. Now, listen to me. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, if you're in this room and you're married and your husband or your wife is an unbeliever, then you just stick with the, the Lord. You just live out in front of them and, and believe God. Because we're, but we're talking about two born-again yes. believers. If your spouse is not, if, you're, if you're, you came to the Lord and they're not with the Lord or they're not walking in the Word, you just live in front of them and your children are sanctified and you're all good. And, and, and by your, not just for female, not just for the wife, but even for the husband, if you'll just live it out in front of her, uh, him or her, they'll see it, but we're talking about married, uh, uh, born again people. Um, this is the way God has set it up. And so it's, it's important that we realize that, uh, this is going to take longer than two yes, weeks. Yes, Lord. <clears throat> um, but we'll see. Okay. We'll hold on. I, I have some more thoughts. Oh now. my you goodness. Go. So if your husband is an unbeliever and he comes home and he says, I decided I'm going to be Clyde and you need to be Bonnie. So strap on your six shooter, baby. Cause we're going to go down and rob the bank. <laughs> How many of you know you can't submit to that? You submit only so far as it doesn't uh, go against the word. I I had a woman come in and I don't know. She's not here um, anymore. (laughs) uh, uh, Her husband said to her, 
I'm moving another woman in. And you're a godly woman, so you have to submit. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, no. No. Yeah, as a man, you're not going to use the word against your wife and tell her, I've heard from, this is where I wanted to say, I've heard from God, God said, you need to be very careful as a man of God, as a, the husband in saying that. Because if you throw that around and it's not God and it never works, this is the sixth business God told you to start and none of them worked, it's going to be hard for her to say okie dokie for number seven. She's going to, at a point, you're going to, a, a, a woman who knows the word is going to, um, who's led by the spirit of God is going to question that and she has the right to do that. Now listen to me. When you make a decision as the head and she's submitted and she's given me the godly input, and I'll tell you, I have changed my mind more than once on some stuff. Or I do some things that uh, I don't, you know, like there's some, I call her Susie Safety. There's some things we do that I've done around the church that I thought were nonsense that I am more than grateful for listening to her. I'll be honest, obeying her. <laughs> Because it did, it was, she was right, and I was being careless and wrong. Well, I never was allowed to be careless, um, and it, it really did help. And so I'm just, I'm just saying, guys, this will help you. I know we're, we're going a whole lot slower than really? I thought we'd go, but I'm just telling you how important this is because God has intended that your marriage be heaven on earth. It is supposed to be the image of Christ and the church. And listen to me, if you've had a marriage and it failed and you've got divorced, that's not the unpardonable sin, but you want to get this right before you go and get into it again. There's a reason that people have multiple marriages and multiple divorces because they keep repeating the same problems. It is God's intent that, um, that whoever you're married to today as a husband and a wife, that it is his highest and best and he can fix it and he can help you with it and it can be heaven on earth and he'll restore your marriage to you and he'll restore your marriage. But these are just things that are in the word of God. And this Ephesians chapter five is non-negotiable. This is not something you do if you want to. This is how God set it out. And so... We've been married, um, it'll be 28 years this November. Woo! All of them good. All of them good. Um, <laughs> Except that one. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We won't ask which one of us made it not so good. No, no. <laughs> Woo! Come on now. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Um, but I do want to say this in all sincerity. Uh, I want all the women to listen to me. I want all the men to listen to me. In 28 years, I can count on one hand and have fingers left over how many times I had to submit because I disagreed. Two or three maybe tops in 28 years. Pastor Rhonda, how can that be? Because we talk. We talk it out. I hear some guy, it's because she makes you do it. It's not that at all. We're both very strong people. Somebody, if, you're not, if you're not been around here long enough to figure that out, do you wonder who's in charge of this church? Does it, does it cross your mind? Who's in charge, him or her? It shouldn't. And I don't think people who get up close have a quiver in their liver understanding who's in charge around here. But everybody understands, even on the staff, that I'm not going to do anything without her input. 
two or three times in 28 years, I've said to him, honey, I'm not sure that's right, but if you have decided we're going this way, then I'll support it. I'm all in. I hope it goes well. I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. <laughs> Somebody asked me one time, do you and Pastor Mark ever fight? I say, it depends on what you mean by that. We never lose control of our flesh. We never let it devolve down into name calling and, and, and you know, personal attacks against one another. Now, listen, we have both made our points strongly and sometimes loudly until we understand one another. But we never let it devolve and get personal. Not in 28 years. Amen. Well, let's leave you at least. Let's go to one more scripture and then we'll be done. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. We'll pick this up next time. Hallelujah. (laughs) 